Shalom, welcome to webyeshiva.org. My name is Yitzchak Tzuriel. You are viewing the class in Tefillah in Times of Trouble, a series that we're basically looking at the piyut in uh, Slichot that mentions Tefillot conducted said by a number of spiritual forebears and trying to understand what it was they were davening for and what we can learn from their their experiences. So without further ado, let's go to today's topic. Today we're going to be looking at Misha'ana Moshe Bechorev Uya'anenu. So what we need to look at is what what did Moshe Davin at Korev? What was what are we talking about? All right. So I put up sources today or yesterday actually I posted sources to the website um, and I hope you got a chance to look at them um, yeah that's the title for today okay so it's pretty clear that the the prayers that Moshe said at Har Sinai at Chorev, uh, it's pretty clear that they are uh, that they are um, about Chet Ha'egel, about the sin of the golden calf. Um, those are the prayers that we see. If we go through all the prakim of, of what transpires at Har Sinai, the, the times we find Moshe Rabbeinu in prayer have to do with Chet Egel. <clears throat> there doesn't seem to be anything else, at least not in the narrative of the Torah. We have a lot more prayers of Moshe before they get to Sinai in the in Mitzrayim, in Yitziat Mitzrayim, and Yam Suf, like we saw. We have uh, prayers of Moshe in many of them documented in the Sefer B'midbar. But in at Har Sinai itself, we have just just apparently the story of which is a pretty big deal, obviously, and uh, and a very central, if unfortunate, event. Let's uh, let's look at let's look at the psukim and see the context of the prayer of Moshe. <clears throat> so this the first slide here is more of an introduction to get into it. 
וידבר השם אל משה, לך רד כי שיחת עמך אשר העלית מארץ מצרים. השם says to משה, go down, get, get going and go down from the mountain. משה רבינו זה פעם הר סיני. Because your people have corrupted, they've acted in a corrupted way, שיחת, the people that you took out of Mitzrayim. Excuse me, my here yeah um your people have cor- acted corruptly the ones you took out of Mitzrayim the people you've taken out of Mitzrayim they went quickly off the path they veered off the path the way which I have commanded them team <laughs> They made for themselves a, an, an, a graven image of a, of a uh, calf. And they and they bowed down to it, and they made sacrifices to it. And they said, this is your God, Yisrael, whom, who took you up from the land of Mitzrayim. So Hashem tells Moshe what has transpired at the bottom of the mountain, while Moshe is obviously very absorbed with learning the Torah. At the top of Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai, by Yomer Hashem El Moshe, and Hashem said to Moshe, Hashem speaks again. Everything's been Hashem speaking here, right? Hashem speaks to Moshe again. Raiti at the Amazer, I've seen this people. Vine Am Kishe Orefu, and behold, they are a stiff-necked people. That's the way we usually translate it. Stubborn, stiff-necked. Not, not a good quality. That, that this is not does not mean stubborn in a good sense. Ve'ata hanichali, and now, leave me, leave me alone. Hanichali, let me be. It's Hashem speaking to Moshe. Ve'yichar apivahem, and my anger will burn with them. Right? My anger will rage with them. And I will destroy them. I will finish them off. I will wipe them out. And I will make you into a great nation. So these are the words that Hashem says to Moshe. No. <laughs> Sounds pretty pretty dire and 
as the Mephorshim point out, and uh, I quoted this Rashi, maybe I did. Um, we'll see in subsequent slide. Uh, this, these words, hanichali, and now leave me alone. Ata, now leave me alone, and I will be angry with them and destroy them, and I'll make you into a great nation. The hanichali, leave me alone. Rashi brings the midrash, but it seems to be a, a good, simple, plain explanation of the pasuk that God is hinting to Moshe that, you know, if you don't leave me alone, maybe I won't do this. In other words, he's inviting, there's a, there's a an opening here for Moshe to appeal to Hashem. And that's our next slide. Vayichal Moshe et penei Hashem Elokav. And Moshe beseeched, right? The, literally, the face of Hashem, his God. In other words, Moshe turned to God. This is the language of prayer, right? Vayomer, and he said, Lama Hashem yechere apecha be'amecha? Why, Hashem, will you be angry? Will you manifest anger to in your people or to your people whom you took out from the land of Egypt? Asher otzeita me'eret mitzrayim b'koach gadol u'viyad chazaka with a great, with a mighty strength with great strength, great power, and Yad Chazaka. Right? These, these phrases referring to the way that Hashem took Ben Israel out of Mitzrayim obviously imply all the, the Nisim Veniflaot, all the uh, miracles and all the wonders and, and, and the power that was unleashed against the people of Mitzrayim at the time before Yitzhak Mitzrayim in the Makot, etc. So this is the opener of Moshe's prayer to Hashem. Why, Hashem, are you going to be angry with the people who you took out of Mitzrayim with this great power, with an outstretched arm? Lama yomeru ha-mitzrim, lama yomeru mitzrayim, leimor, why should Mitzrayim say? Why should they be able to say? Maybe is it right? Bera'ahotzi'am with evil intent. Right? He took them out. Laharogotam beharim to kill them in the hills. Ulechalotam me'al penei ha'adama. And to finish them off, to destroy them, to, to, to wipe them out from the face of the earth, of the land. Shuv mecharon apecha, vihinachem al ha'ra'a At this point, Moshe asks a kind of rhetorical question. Let me translate this last bit of the passage. Shuv 
go back from your anger. Farona pechad. Literally, literally, it means the flaring of your nose. That, that's what it means. Literally, something like that. It, it, but it means anger. From go back from your anger. And repent, not repent in the sense of people repenting, but be change your mind concerning. Change your mind. Go back from right from the evil to your people. In other words, change. Undo or un do not do desist from the evil that you plan to do to the to your people. Re, re, regret it like sort of regret it in advance. Like be change change your mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think you have to go to use the English word regret. I think change your mind is exactly what's being said here. Yes, yes. Even because you know why? When you get down to the last verse, why you know Hashem Maharad, does that mean he regretted it? Right. It's not, not going to work. I, you're absolutely right. That's right. With people, you would use the word regret, but with God, you wouldn't use that. You're right. You're right. That's why I, I didn't use it. I, I tried to find a different word. It's, but you were uh, doing fine until you threw that word in. That's when I raised my hand. Very good. Thank you for the comment. So, so change your mind concerning the evil to your people. By the way, it's good that we're doing these psukim today because uh, before our next shi or next Sunday, we're all going to read this in shul. This is the kriya for ta'anit that we're going to read in the morning at shacharit and at mincha. This is the uh, the, the part of the, this is the text, a uh, good part of the text of the kriyat Torah. That uh, is for the Tanit for Shiva Sarbatamuz, which of course is directly related to the historical event of uh, the Feta Egel. In other words, we read this text on the anniversary every year of this prayer. It's the day, should you Zain Betamuz presumably, was the day that Moshe made this prayer. Very good point. Okay. Anyway, so far, right? Hashem in the second Pasuk here, Pasuk Yud Bet, he, he, he says, he repeats this word Lama twice. He says, Lama Hashem Yechereapecha. Why should you be angry at the people you took out of Mitzrayim with all those all that power and all those wonders and signs, right? And he repeats again the question, the rhetorical question. Lama, why should the Mitzrayim, this is a different point he's making here, why should the should Mitzrayim be able to say that with evil intent, God took them out to kill them in the end? Why should you create such a scenario? Moshe asks God. Right? Really, what he's sort of saying in a way is, if you took them out, Bekoach Gadol, Viyad Chazaka, from Egypt, and now you kill them, now you wipe out the people, however you do it, with a plague or the earth opens up or whatever you're planning to do, then 
the Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim are going to say in the end, in other words, the lessons that they learned in Yitzhak Mitzrayim are going to be lost. And instead of the great Kiddush Hashem that happened with Yitzhak Mitzrayim, it's going to turn into a big Chilul Hashem. It's going to be a great profanation of God's name. Moshe is arguing to God. Because in the end, people are going to say that God did a devious thing in a way. He took out the he, he's he said he was going to take them out, and then he decided he couldn't do with them what he wanted to do, so he killed them. He had an the plan turned into an evil plan against these people. It, there's there's a chilul Hashem in this. It's not a good scenario. So at this point, Moshe says at the end of pasuk Yudet, shuv mecha go back from your anger and change. Your mind, I think that is the best translation, concerning the evil to your people. Now, another argument. Pasuk Yud Gimel. Zechor Avraham Yitzchak v'Yisrael avadecha. Remember Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yisrael, your servants. Asher nishbata lehem, bach, who you swore to them. Bach, you swore in you, in yourself. In other words, when you know when 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 people take an oath, when people take a shvua, which we're not supposed to do lightly, but under certain contexts, in certain contexts, you know, halachically, we can take a shvua, we do it, you know, in, in in God's name. We're doing it on in the name of God. So God did it to, on his own name, right? And you said to them, you spoke to them, you said to them when you made this oath, I will increase your, I will multiply your descendants. Like the stars of the heavens, and this entire land, Asher Amati, which I spoke to you about, I will give to your descendants the Nachalula Olam, and they will inherit it forever. So remember, Moshe says to God, remember the forefathers that you, who were your servants, who you swore. Right? You swore to them that 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 you were going to make their their descendants multiply multiply, make them great and numerous, like the stars. And you were you also promised the land to them as an eternal inheritance. How can you you know the the the, the rhetorical question hanging over this puzzle is how can you wipe them out now? You made those promises, you made you you made an oath. And Hashem changed his mind concerning the evil. Evil here not meaning evil in the sense of as opposed to, you know, this is something God presumably wanted. But evil meaning a bad, you know, a bad outcome. Right, the evil which he spoke to do to his people. 
right? What he said to Moshe, which was, I will wipe them out. Okay, so this is a prayer we have here, the text of a prayer of Moshe, which contains several elements in it. We'll go over them again subsequently, but let's look on because this isn't the end of the story at all, right? Continuing, and the next day, this is already, I'm skipping ahead, right? The previous slide was, uh, second. Hmm. Okay. There we go. The previous slide was, and now I'm skipping the part of the story, which we're all familiar with, where Moshe Rabbeinu goes down, sees the people worshiping the Egel, and, right, he takes it, grinds it up, mixes it with the water of the stream there, makes them drink it, chides them for what they did, chides Aharon, Aharon gives Moshe, some kind of account of what, from his point of view, what happened, right? Oops. <laughs> okay. And now, so I, I'm skipping ahead quite a number of verses to after after all of that, right? And here, we're on the next day. And it was the, on the morrow, the next day. Moshe said to the people, You have sinned a very great sin. Good afternoon, good evening. My name is uh... <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. Um Who was that? Okay. Um You have sinned a great sin. Talking to the people, right? And it really is a great sin because, I mean, they're at Har Sinai. They just got the Torah. Moshe just got the Torah. They had the experience of Matan Torah, of experiencing the revelation of God on Har Sinai. And now they did this. Tem chata, tem chata, agdola. You have sinned a very great sin. Ve'ata e'ele el Hashem ulai achapra be'ad chatatchem. Now I will go up to Hashem. Perhaps, maybe, Ulai, I can atone for your sin. Perhaps I will be able to atone for your sin. Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't know if he can. That's the way he expresses himself to the people. He's not sure that he can really bring kapara for this sin. The word achapra, we usually translate as atone, I'll use that. 
it means to the general meaning we usually give it is to kind of rub away, wipe out the blemish, the 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 the, the, the taint, the 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 you know that's left behind after the sin, right? In other words, to try to clean their record, to clean their situation. Rabbi Turiel? Yeah. I think the best analogy to this phrase here is when Esav, Yaakov says to Esav, Ki Amar Achapra Panav, you know, Laisav Panai. In other words, you have offended someone else with a real bad boo-boo, and now you're hoping that that person will somehow be prepared to, you know, sort of, you know, not forget about it, but what's the word? Forgive, you know, in other words, you know, what you did. Because that yeah. works a lot better than all the chapers that you have to in Sefer Vayikra, which have to do with, you know, atoning sins by this or that or the other thing. Here mm-hmm. it means getting getting a good back for a person who was your friend. Okay, first of all, I appreciate your drawing the parallel. You're right, the language is very similar to the language of Yaakov and Esau. Very good point, and almost identical. And uh, yes, I would say that there is a great similarity in the two cases. And yes, on the simple level, achapra here means that I will somehow... Okay, maybe by using using the translation of tone, it, it connotes too much technical... Uh, meaning, which which isn't really here because they they don't have a system of sacrifices yet. But but what he means is that I will somehow succeed in removing this sin from being, you know, from from from, from angering God from uh, get you back into Hashem's good graces. Yeah, if you want to put it that way, I yeah. say it in English. Okay, very um, good. Okay. Excellent. Very good. Thank you. Okay. So, uh, okay. So that's Moshe Rabbeinu states his intent here to the people to go back up to the mountain, back up to Hashem, to re-enter that state of intimacy with Hashem. uh, And it means leaving the people and to try to make things better, make amends with Hashem. By Yashov Moshe Hashem. Moshe went back to Hashem. By Yomar, and he said, okay, so here we have another time that Moshe is speaking to Hashem. Right? Sounds like a prayer. Anna, Chata Ha'am Azeh Agdola. Verily, I don't know how to translate Anna. Anna sometimes means please. Here it means verily. In, you know, it's an opening word. It's hard to translate. This people have sinned a very great sin. They made for themselves a God of gold. And now, if you will bear their sin, which bear really what he means, if you will forgive it, forgive their sin. There's no, the sentence isn't really completed, it's kind of an abbreviated puzzle, it apparently means if you do, then good, that's fine. And if not, 
מכני נא מספרך אשר כתבת. Wipe me away, wipe me out, erase me, please, from your book which you have written. I think the, uh, maybe the best way to, it's sort of like a formal way that Moshe Rabbeinu was saying something to the effect that if you forgive them, great, that's what I want. And if you don't, then, then I'm out of here. Like, I, I, relieve me of my duties, right? I don't, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in this role anymore. Something like that. I mean, you could translate it more literally that maybe he's saying, like, yeah, uh, he's talking about a safer here. Won't be alive we have to assume that we're talking about a, a... Excuse me, what are you saying? I'm saying the Tanakh believes that there's such a thing as safer hachayim, and it's referred to in Psalm 69 and a few mm-hmm. other places too. Okay. And that's what he's talking about. In other words, take know. me I'm out of the sefer in the same way as not, we see it today. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Moshe Rabbeinu was talking in the simple shot here about sefer achayim. I don't think it's possible. It's a possible interpretation. I, I'm not denying that it could be. But I don't think you have to say that. You could also say it's an expression that means the book that you've written, meaning the story that in which I appear with this role, or the Torah for that matter, right? The Torah that in which I have a role as the giver of the Torah. I don't want. I don't want to be the leader of this people anymore. I, I don't want to be involved in this anymore. Well, he got his wish because the Haggadah did take his name out. Hmm? Excuse me. He got his wish. Because his name was erased from the Haggadah, which is the most important book about Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim. And from a Parsha, too. His name didn't appear in, I forget which Parsha. You know, Tisave. I don't agree. I don't think that the Haggadah is is what's referred to here. I I was kidding about that, Rabbi Suriel. But to Charles, it's Parsha Tisave. Right. Okay. Right, right. They do link it to this to this erase my name. I've seen that statement. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's all kinds of drashot. Okay. In any case, that's what Moshe says. Rabbeinu says two simple things. He says, which sounds very much like he's actually confessing on behalf of the people. Right? That's the language of confession. Ana. Right? Ana Hashem. The Rambam says, in uh, Hilchot Tshuva, where he talks about what the language of Vidui is, he says that the language of Vidui, and he says a formula, he says, Ana Hashem chatati aviti pashati. Here is, Moshe Rabbeinu uses similar language. Ana chata ha'am, verily, I have, uh, the people, chata ha'am, he's, he, in, he, in the name of the people, he's voicing a confession, Right? And he's saying what they did. Yasulem Elohe Zahab. Right? That's the sin they did. And now he's asking for forgiveness. He's asking God to forgive them. And he says that he raises the stakes a little bit and says, I don't want to be involved in any of this if you don't forgive them. In other words, he does not accept God's sentiment stated to him in the earlier part of the parak, which is, I'll make you into a great nation. He doesn't want that. 
ויאמר השם אל משה, השם said to משה, מי אשר חטא לי אמכנו מספרי. He who sinned against me, he I will wipe out, he I will erase from my book. In other words, you're, no way, <laughs> you're not going to get erased from the book, but the one who sinned against me will be erased from the book. In other words, Hashem is not totally, is not really, it sounds like anyway in the pshat, not really accepting Moshe's plea. Right? He's saying, who sinned? I will wipe him out, Misifri. But nothing's going to happen right now. Ve'ata, and now, lech, nechayata'am, go, lead the people. El asher dibarti where I told you to go. In other words, toward Eretz Yisrael, apparently. Right? Hinei malachi lech lefanecha. Behold my malach, my emissary. Right? Which maybe that's the fire, maybe whatever. In other words, God has sends emissaries in this world to represent him and to be exercising his will in the world. He will go before you. Notably, Hashem is not directly going to be involved. Uvayom pokdi. And on the day that I will visit, so to speak, visit, or what's the day that I will uh, call reckoning, the day of my reckoning, and I will bring, call to account them for their sin. I will, I will call them to account, I will I will settle the account, or whatever you want to call it. Everyone translate this phrase. I will, um, yeah, I will set, I, I will uh, deal with the account of them for their sin. In other words, and this pasuk is understood to mean that Hashem didn't really forgive the people for cheta ego. Moshe asked for it, but that's not really what happened. He said, okay, nothing's going to happen right now. Go ahead, lead the people. I'm sending my malach in front of you. And on the day when I, of reckoning, when it comes, then I will, I will deal with them for their sin. In other words, their, their, their reckoning will come in the future. And so, the Mepharshim say about this pasuk, I didn't bring it, you will look at Mepharshim shortly, um, they they say about this that every calamity that befalls Yisrael in the future in all of Jewish history going forward there's a little bit of punishment for Chet HaEgel embedded in it that's this Pasuk on a day when I of my reckoning the day when I you know maybe reckoning isn't the right word the day when I pay it you know pay close attention and look at their situation spiritually and then I will take take care of them for their sin in other words I will they will get some kind of punishment and indeed all 
There, the the, the Mepharshim say here, I think Rashi is the one who brings the, the famous statement here, that every every calamity that befalls Israel in the future contains a little bit of the punishment for Chet Egel. Okay. Let's go on. We're not finished with the Psukim. Now we're skipping ahead to Devarim. Okay, those that's the those are the accounts of Moshe Rabbeinu's prayers in the story, the narrative in Shmot. But Moshe Rabbeinu repeats the story in Devarim Tet, and there we see again a, 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 a nusach of his prayer, of a prayer that Moshe said at Har Sinai. Just an introductory pasuk that comes before pasuk Chet in Perik Tet. Uvechorev hiktzaftem et Hashem, and at, in Chorev at, at Har Sinai, you made Hashem angry, right? Hashem bachem, and God got angry with you, laashmid etchem to destroy you. Now I'm skipping a few psukim to pasuk Yudbet. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu is retelling this story to the people at Arvot Moab. This is already not the same people. Those, those adults are no longer around who were involved in Chet Egel. The people that are standing in front of Moshe hearing this story are their children. Leave me alone. Lay off me. And I will destroy them. Right? And I will wipe out their name. I will erase their name. I will make you into a nation more powerful and Greater than the nation of Israel. It's his birthday on Shabbos. If somebody said something, I didn't. I didn't really hear it. Unless you just need to mute yourselves. I turned down from the mountain. And I went down with the, the, the luchot, okay, we have the same thing as before, right? He went down. Right? And I went, and I, I went, right? And I looked, I saw, you veered off very quickly from the way which Hashem commanded you, Okay? So Moshe Rabbeinu repeats what he did. We didn't see the Pasuk in the narrative in Shemot, but here it's only one Pasuk. That he, and now we get to the And I fell on my face. I fell down before Hashem and Clearly, that means in prayer. Before Hashem, like previously. It doesn't mean that he prayed previously. What I think it means is that he 
was Arbaim Yom Arbaim Laila before to get the Torah. Now he now he prayed to Hashem for that length of time. Lechem lo achalti umayim lo shatiti. He didn't eat bread and didn't drink water. He had, he didn't consume food. He was in a fast the entire time. Moshe Rabbeinu was in a state sort of above, in a different plane than normal human existence at this point for the second time, just like he was when he got the Torah. But now it's praying on behalf of Am Yisrael. Al kol chatatchem asher chatatem. All the, the 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 sin which you sin to do the evil in the eyes of Hashem to make Him angry. Because I was afraid, Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the people he was terribly afraid because of the anger. These are all words for anger, which Hashem had anger toward you. To destroy you by Shema Hashem Eli Gam Bepamahi. Here it says that Hashem heard me. Also that time. So what did Hashem hear? Up above it looked like maybe he didn't. In, in Shemot it looked like maybe he didn't really hear. Did he hear? What does it mean? Right? And which prayer is the prayer that we saw a lot of things here? We're not finished yet. One more slide, one moment. This is what he was referring to before. Which I fell down, which I prayed, which I fell down in prayer. And I was like, Moshe spent 40 days and 40 nights not eating, not drinking, praying on behalf of Yisrael. This is a serious prayer. Because Hashem wanted to destroy you. And I prayed to Hashem and I said, and here we have a new, another text of the prayer of Moshe at Har Sinai. This time, Moshe is recounting of it 38 years later, 40 years later, 40 years later. Hashem Elohim, al tashchet amcha v'nachalatcha, asher padita begodlecha. Do not destroy your people and your inheritance who you redeemed out of your greatness. With your greatness, who Asher Hotzeta mi Mitzrayim biyad Chazakal, you took out of Mitzrayim with a strong hand, with a mighty arm. Zechor lavadecha lavram liitzchak uliyakov. Remember your servants Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Al tevin el kshia amaze. Don't turn. Don't look at the difficulty with this people. Don't look at the 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 kshi the 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 the, 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 the toughness of them. They're a tough people. Don't look at that. The show and their evil, the, the evil that they did, the bad thing they did, and their sin. Don't look at that. Pen yomru, lest people say, in ha'aris, pen yomru ha'aris, lest the people in the land which you took them out from there, meaning the Egyptians, say, mibli yecholet Hashem laviyam el ha'aris, Hashem diber lahem. This is a slightly different wording than what we had in Shmot. Right? Somewhat different. It gives a slightly different depth to what we saw there. It's out of the, it's not that Hashem is incapable. That Hashem doesn't have the ability 
to bring them to the land which he spoke to them. And out of his hatred of them, he took them out to kill them in the Midbar. So a lot of the elements of this prayer sound very similar in parallel to what we saw in Shemot, but there is one aspect of it that's that's emphasized more clearly or more more deeply, which is to say, what is the Chilul Hashem in this scenario? If Hashem kills them, wipes them all out right now here, that the Egyptians will say that Hashem is incapable, that he's not able to bring them to the land, right? Not just that he changed his mind and he wanted and he hated them, whatever that was, whatever that idea would have been. But it it's this clarifies what Moshe Rabbeinu meant was that there's a chilul Hashem that 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 the Egyptians would think that God is limited, that God is not able to carry out His will. His will was to take them out and give them the land of 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 the land of Israel, the land of Canaan, and He can't do it, and so He killed them in the midbar. Right. And they are your people and your inheritance who you took out with the great. In other words, the Chilol Hashem is great because you, because God invested himself in this world by taking B'nai Israel out of Mitzrayim. Taking B'nai Israel out of Mitzrayim was a, in some ways a, not, a, not a, a proposition that's very easy to, to make, right? I mean, the people are people. They're human beings. They make mistakes. They sin. They forget. They complain, etc. All the things that we read about in the Torah recently in Sefer B'midbar. And God intervened in the natural order to take them out of Mitzrayim. Right? He he, he changed, he, he performed miracles. He, he changed the natural order in order to take them out. And, 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 you know, revealed a lot of power and divine concern Right? And now he's going to kill them. I mean, it's a, it's a chilul Hashem. A tremendous chilul Hashem. Better that he would not have done anything at all, right? In that sense. It's a big, it's a strong argument. Right? And then, you know, we have the resolution. Hashem told Moshe, okay, they get a second chance. And you know, prepare two new tablets, two new tablets of stone, and come back up to the mountain. Right? And make an Aron Eitz for those new Luchot. Right? And now, later down in the same, in the, it's actually the next parak now, parak Yud, in Pasuk Yud, right? Moshe Rabbeinu repeats, Hashem did not, in the end, want to destroy you. So Moshe Rabbeinu succeeded. That's, that's, that's how he's presenting it to B'nai Israel. Okay. I want to just summarize these uh, psukim, the content of the tefillot of Moshe. Um, in Shmot, we saw two different, right, in the beginning of Perak, early in Perak Lamed Bet, we saw, let me just get my pointer, right, 
I'm, I'm, I paraphrase this with my own words here, right? You took them out of Mitzrayim with all that power, all that divine tour de force, and now you're going to kill them? This will cause a chilul Hashem. And you promised, you swore to the, to the, to the Avot that their descendants would be very numerous and that they would inherit the land. Right and I didn't write this, but in the in the middle there's a plea to Hashem to forgive them. Actually, if we look at that wording carefully, what what Hashem says to Moshe, what Moshe says to Hashem there, shuv pecha. He's not necessarily saying, you know, forgive them completely, but he's saying, don't carry out this decree against them. Don't destroy them, right? In Shemot Lamed Bet, the latter part of that parak, we saw there's a second time that Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to Hashem. Moshe Midvadeh Avur Ha'am. He, he, right? He confesses for the people. He says, Ana chata Hashem chata And he says, forgive them, and if you don't, I, I, I don't want to continue in this role. Rob Surya? Ken, yes. What makes you think that this is something he can voluntarily resign from? He tried to do that at the beginning and you saw where it got him. In other words, it's not really up to him. You I mean, also tried that. Okay. I mean, it, it never came to that, right? I mean, was, he, he says it. Maybe it's like a... I don't think that he's can really resign. I agree with you. I don't think that that's possible. But he's expressing how much he doesn't see himself continuing without the people. God was offering him a deal. You know, I'll wipe out the people and I'll make you into a great nation. Moshe rejects this. He says, I, I'm with them. That's my place. And in Devarim, again, we see don't destroy the people who you redeemed, right? Don't cause, remember your forefathers, their forefathers, the tzaddikim, don't cause the chilu Hashem, don't let the Mitzrim say that God couldn't do it, right? Um, slide. <laughs> uh, anybody volunteer to read the last Sentence here, it's just totally obliterated. Hmm? Oh, the last line? Oh, the last line I wrote here. This is my words. What does it say? I can't read it because it's... <laughs> You 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 got involved in the world for them. You can't just do this now. You can't stop, right? That's what Moshe Rabbeinu's argument was. It's a chilu Hashem to do so. Okay, so we see there's a lot of different elements to the prayer of Moshe, right? He he harks to the and, and and it's not clear which prayer exactly. What is it that when it says that you listened that that. You answered Moshe Chorev, he will, and we say in the Piyut, right? What are we referring to here? All of this? Part of it? Let's see some of the Mephoshim. 
Okay, so this is just the psukim again from Shemot, right? Right? We have Rashi here. Anichali, leave me alone. Adain Moshe Manushid Palel Moshe Aleyhem. Umir Anichali. This is the Rashi that I referred to. El Akan Patach Lo Petach. Hashem opened for Moshe a petach, and told him that the thing is that the thing is dependent on him. Moshe, it's up to Moshe to, to take action here. That if Moshe prays for them, then indeed God will not destroy them. So that was hinted at by this word in the Pasuk Hanichali. Lama Hashem, okay, I'm going on to the next Rashi. Lama Hashem Yechere Apecha, says Rashi. Klum mitkane ela chacham bechacham, gibor begibor. So Rashi here is explaining more in depth what Moshe was saying in this prayer. When he says, why should you get angry at this people? What is he, what is, what is he really saying? Rashi's not making, most of these words that Rashi says here are taken from the Midrash. Rashi's saying that does does a chacham does a chacham get jealous of anybody except another chacham or a, a gibor, a mighty man to another mighty man? In other words, why God are you jealous of this golden calf of this this this, this, this stupid statue? It's nothing, you know. There's nothing for you to what what is what's so in other words, in a certain sense, when he says lama shem pecha, it's it's. It, 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 what Rashi explaining is what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying is that the, uh, the, 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 the that there's no reason for you to be angry at them because they, what they did wasn't wasn't so bad really. I mean they they really weren't they weren't they weren't praying to a god that 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 is any match for you that is any doesn't he's nothing it's nothing so what's the big deal. That he, in other words, what Moshe Rabbeinu is doing here, it's a tactic, according to Rashi's explanation, it's a tactic of belittling the, the, the sin in some way, like diminishing the severity of it. Let's put it that way. Move to a different thought. To, to do good to them. In other words, don't think to do evil to them, change your thought to a different thought to do good to them, right? Right? That you thought to them. Right? And then, again, here, Rashi supplies, like, information that he took from the Midrash, which it gives more detail and more flesh to the prayer of Moshe. Zechol Avraham, remember Avraham. If they transgressed on a seret adibrot, right? Avraham, their father, nitnasab ba'asara nisyonot, right? If they transgressed on the seret adibrot, which they did by making a golden calf, right? Their father Avraham was tried with 10 trials. And he never got his reward. Give it to him now. And let 10 be for 10. 10 in exchange for 10. In other words, the 10 trials of Abraham will, as it were, pay 
will be credit, as it were, to make up for the ten, you know. Breaking the Ten Commandments? For breaking the Ten Commandments, yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, if it's what's the if you're saying Asura, Asura, we got to figure out what the mashal is. Yeah, yeah, that that that's the idea of the midrash. The midrash, the midrash is as as Rashi quotes it. Avraham was tried with ten trials. So, in other words, as it were, the Jewish people, the Am Yisrael, as a result of being the children of Avraham, have as it were credit for the ten trials that Avraham. Past the amazing ten trials that Abraham, uh, you know, passed during the course of his life, you know, as recorded in the Torah and interpreted by Chazal, and so the Aseret Hadibrot, which Bnei Israel at Har Sinai violated by doing the worst thing, which was to violate the very first two Dibrot. That they, they said, they said, This is the God who took you out of Mitzrayim, and not like the first of the Aser Debrot that said, And secondly, the second one, which is, "You shall have no other God before me or at all," and they had, and they created this idol, this 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 golden calf. So they they. And remember, B'nai Israel got, um, they got, uh, they didn't, they weren't, they, they, they got the Aseret Dibrot from Moshe, according to the Midrashim and the, the, the Parshanim who, in, who followed the Midrashim, the only Dibrot that B'nai Israel actually heard were the first two, okay? So those first two Dibrot, in a way, are representative of the entire experience of being taught the Aserta Dibrot by Hashem, and they are the two most fundamental of the Aserta Dibrot. And so, in a sense, it's legitimate for the Midrash here to, to say that they transgressed on the Aserta Dibrot because they were really the, that was the part that they heard, that they that the revelation directly from God went to them, were those two Dibrot, and they violated them with with with, with, with Egel Hazahav. So, what the Midrash is saying is, and this is what Rashi's quoting as pshat here. In other words, what when, when Avraham says Zechor Avraham, what he's saying is that the ten credits, as it were, that that, Moshe, that that Avraham got and never got reward for, they can be applied to to relieve Ben Israel of the terrible sin of the of the the pain of the of the uh, stain on their relationship with God. That's Measured by the ten, represented by the ten, the Asarata Dibra. Okay, we're actually at the end of our hour. We'll just look at the next Rashi's very quickly and then we'll continue this next time. One moment. Right? And and in a similar vein, Rashi brings in Lisrefaim. If the, if if you're intending to burn them, in other words, to kill them by burning, remember Avraham that gave himself over to burning in Ur Kastim, right, according to the Midrashim, we don't have that in the Torah, but that, that Avraham Avinu gave himself over in Ur Kastim, that he was thrown into a furnace, right? Im lahariga, im 
lahariga. If your intention is to kill them, meaning kill them by the sword, that's what hariga usually means with sword. Zechor liyitzchak. Remember Yitzchak, who stretched that chepashat zavarol who stretched out his neck for the akedah to be slaughtered in the akedah. And if the punishment you want to give the people is galut im legalut, exile. Remember Yaakov, who exiled himself for, what was it, 26 years? To, uh, to, to right? To Haran? Right? Right? And just to finish this Rashi with this, we'll finish today's Shiva and we'll continue next time. And if they are not redeemed, if they are not saved, through their merit, through the merit of the three forefathers, how can you say to me that I'll make you into a great nation? If a, if a chair or a stool of three legs can't stand, three legs being the, 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 the forefathers, can't stand up against your anger and you're going to destroy them, their, their descendants. Kal v'chomer, certainly. A kisei shel regel achat. A kisei of one regel, which is, if you make a nation out of me, it's going to be like one, a, a chair with one leg. How can it stand in front of your anger in the future? So these are the arguments that Moshe Rabbeinu, according to Rashi's explanation, was making in his his prayer. Okay, there's, there's a lot of material here, and uh, clearly... It, it's going to take another shiur for us to get through it, okay? So that's what we're going to do next time. And if time allowing, we get through the parshanim on this uh, this prayer of Moshe. We're going to talk about Rashi and Ramban. Then we'll go on to the next of the people in the pew, which will be our own. But first, we're going to finish Moshe next time. Are there any comments or questions up to here? We're, we're sort of what we we're going to I'll make a note. We'll, we'll continue with Rashi's explanations of the prayers of Moshe, because I think it's, it's important for us to to learn from the prayer of Moshe to understand better what the Paitan had in mind when he says that the prayer of Moshe was answered. What was the prayer? What was he what was he praying for? So you were seeing the detail supplied by Rashi and his perush. OK, any questions or comments? Well, thank you all for for your participation and your and and and, and we will uh, we will uh, continue next time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good evening. Good day. Evening, depending where you are. I'll see you next week. Take care, Adam. How, how are you, Adam? How are you doing? Okay.